Hi, I'm Adam Geis. I'm David Lurch. We're hosts of the EdTech Distilled Podcast, which is a part of the Education Podcast Network. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. You're listening to the Ed Curation Podcast. We bring you stories from educational leaders about the instructional resources, practices, and movements that are reshaping learning. I've had at least 15 students who have increased more than four grade levels. He used theater as a tool to make great human beings. My expectations are high for all of them. One of the things that I really love about teaching is the fact that every day is sort of unique and different and strange. our students, as they get older, they start to get busy. Their lives are busy. Mm-hmm. And we start to notice a decline in some of the independent reading that students were doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the time they get to the high school and they're participating in varsity sports and theater, and there's a window of opportunity that we're missing to keep students immersed in story. Hi, all. This is Christy, and I can't wait to introduce you to Dwayne Smith and his great group of middle school writers. Dwayne is an English teacher turned department chair and administrator at Byram Hill Central School District in New York. It's a college prep school located just outside of New York City. I am an instructional leader. Uh, in charge of 18 teachers in grades 6 through 12 that are all part of our English language arts department. Uh, And one of the best parts of my job is I still have my foot in the classroom. Uh, I still teach. Uh, I am currently teaching a section of AP language, uh, which is uh, one of my favorite courses to teach. And I'm also part of a team of administrators and teachers that run uh, a program called Global Scholars which is a humanities-based program that gives students the opportunity to explore passions related to social issues uh, and develop action plans using uh, the principles of design thinking. Byram Hills students tend to be high achievers. Living just outside of New York City, they're tuned into the arts, culture, and world events. And Duane is always on the lookout for resources that can challenge them in new ways. So when he told us he was really excited about a program called Written Out Loud, we were eager to learn more. Written Out Loud is an innovative storytelling program invented in Hollywood and pioneered at Yale. They have already turned over a thousand kids into published authors by showing kids that writing can be done joyfully, out loud, in a team, and inspired by the stories they already love. There is a parent who is part of the board on a foundation that we have, the Byron Hills Education Foundation which through the uh, generosity of community members is able to help the school uh, bring lots of different programs, things that just aren't part of our ordinary budget. Two members of her uh, family had been part of this program during the summer and she raved about it. You know, quite frankly, she said, this is fantastic. What do we do? How can we get this to be something that we bring to our community? So we worked incredibly hard to think about how can we pilot this program and if it's successful, make it a part of our curriculum, make it something that students year after year get to experience. Uh, It happened during a pandemic. So that 
brought its own challenges. Uh, but the the really inspiring thing for me about the program that sort of made this happen was that students of all abilities and skills were excited about storytelling, were excited about writing, were excited about the fact that by the end of the program, they would have a published book. And to me, I wanted to capitalize on that. So I want to clarify a few things for our listeners. So you you talked about creative writing, which it is, but just to give everybody a clear snapshot, it's a, it's a supplemental resource. On its own, written out loud is a supplemental resource. When the founder of the program, Josh, talks about it, he talks about the fact that as somebody who is in the film industry, he found himself taking audio notes all the time about ideas he had for stories. And he started to realize that There's something wrong when we put a student in front of a blank screen or a blank piece of paper and say, write a story. That's just not how it happens in the real world. Uh, And and so what he really wanted to do is capitalize on the value of that oral tradition of telling stories, of having people listen to them. Um, That was a really big part of it. While Byram Hills is implementing Written Out Loud with the eighth grade class at H.C. Crittenden Middle School, This is a resource for grades three through eight. If you're interested in bringing Written Out Loud to your school or district, you can find them at edcuration.com. And you'll especially want to check out their summer camps. Camps run for two weeks, four days a week, two hours a day. And each camper will become a published author. This summer camp program was Byram Hill's introduction prior to integrating Written Out Loud into their eighth grade curriculum. I wanted to hear more about how they came to that decision and what this program offers that wasn't already provided by their core curriculum. There's a couple of things that I think bring authenticity to the program. There was something different about having Josh, who's in the film industry, come and speak to the students about his process. Uh, There's something inspiring for students, I think, when they see somebody who has uh, written screenplays been part of this industry talking about how people actually put stories down on paper. How does it work? Uh, And, you know, I mean, one of my favorite class periods that I was able to visit recently was hearing the students pitch the ideas for their stories. So this is really before any writing has happened. And the students in small groups sit in front of a group of individuals who are going to be giving them some critical feedback and asking questions about the story and asking questions about the characters. And it's all done out loud. And I would say that that element of it transforms the experience for students. It involves a lot of some of the elements of design thinking that I mentioned before in that program that I work in, because the students are constantly seeing what works and what doesn't work. And and they get some immediate feedback, which is so fantastic. Uh, Unlike what I think our teachers tend to find uh, happens uh, with creative writing is you you take all those papers home and the feedback might come days later. Um, that's always the challenge that English teachers have. So, so much of the formative feedback in this program is happening in the moment. So, as you may have gathered from what Dwayne said, the Written Out Loud team are very hands-on, either in person or remotely, in the initial stages of the Written Out Loud journey, providing the actual instruction, grouping of students, overseeing the pitch and feedback sessions, 
This is a big differentiator because the team all has expertise and experience in both education and the film industry. This increases excitement and student engagement, but it also provides an advantage currently to many districts who are having staffing issues and may have substitutes or teachers from other content areas facilitating writing classes. This is a program that can fill a gap in a way that actually enhances rather than compromises learning. This year, we're sort of now in a model where Josh and his team came for a kickoff day. We're there to do some opening lessons. And now they're coming back sporadically throughout the year uh, to help out with the lessons. But my teachers have taken over the bulk of the teaching. And that was by design. It's been incredibly positive for their own teaching. Uh, I mean, we all know this when you find a new strategy or something that works. Uh, It just reinvigorates your classroom space. Just to give you a a sense of what ended up happening, our eighth grade classes actually uh, are split into teams at our middle school. We have two teams. Uh, So two different language arts teachers, they happen to teach next door to one another with a wall that actually can be rolled back. The students started working in these classrooms that were now twice the size with students from the other team. Uh, And just recently, one of the teachers said, you know, Dwayne, the the students don't want the wall back anymore. They love working in these collaborative partnerships with the bigger group. Uh, And that's just so phenomenal to hear. Yeah, you love that kind of collaboration. So um, tell us a little bit about the projects and the stories that students are doing. Uh, One of the first things that the students do is they are you know, put into these writing crews, you know, these these groups that are going to be working on these stories. Uh, And the students set some guidelines, set some norms. What does that look like? We can't have a group where only one person contributes. Right. We can't have a group where only one person does the writing. Uh, And so they they set some norms for their work together, uh, which we all know is just a wonderful way of involving students uh, in the process of, of learning. I got to speak with a group of eighth graders from Duane's school about their experience with Written Out Loud. This is Brett and Hadley talking about assembling and working with their crews. So we got, we, need, we each got an index card and we could request like one to three people or one to two people on our crew. And then we would then be put with like people, other people in the class. And we... You know, obviously everyone has like different like perspectives and they have their different strengths in writing. So I think it's like it's good to have like one person could be good at like dialogue. We got to work with people in the other class as well, which is a really nice change in pace. And we got to work with people who we don't usually get to work with on a day to day project. And it was something that. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah, it was really fun. And how big are your writing crews? Um, they were anywhere from like three to six, maybe seven. Um, my group was me plus four other people. And I think it was a really good amount. We, we all got to like collaborate enough to the point where all our voices were heard. And but we also weren't like stretching for new ideas. Well, so that's my, that's what I'm curious about next to is the idea thing. Do you start with a prompt? Are you given prompts or do you just sit down with your writing crew and you're starting from zero? This is Camden. So basically what we did was 
to start, we like start off with story elements. So like our call to adventure and like some stuff like that, like some essentials. And then like as a group, we all came up together, like what genre we wanted to pick and like what characters you wanted, like what type of character, like what we wanted to do, what part we wanted to be in our story. And like basically from there, we tried to like form like some sort of plot, and like how the story was going to go. And what happens if you don't agree? Uh, well, if you don't, well, I mean, that was one of the struggles we faced. Like, sometimes we'd have, like, half that wanted to do one thing, and then another half didn't want to do the other thing, but we had to like, kind of come to a consensus. I remember, I think one time, one of our partners, like, wrote, like, a certain part of the story, and, like, n- none of us really liked it, to be honest with you. And we just had to, like, come to a consensus guy, and we kind of, like, made an improvisation, but it worked out. So it was kind of like, as you were collaborating everybody could tell when a good idea came up, everybody could tell that that was the way to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, This is Brett. (laughs) But um, so we had to, we had like a contract that our teachers gave us that we had to like write goals as a group so we could work together. And we all like signed it and then gave it to Ms. Capella. And did you guys come up with that? Or does, is that part of the written out loud program? I think that was part of it. Dwayne explains what happens after crews decide on their story ideas and present them to the group. And they presented their ideas to the rest of the class. Ooh. And the rest of the class said, oh, wait, 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 you know, wouldn't it be cool if uh, this happened? And it became sort of this wonderful, spontaneous uh, discussion of these little stories that students were beginning to write. Uh, and some of them were fantastic. The students took some creative liberties In addition to providing structures for the process, Written Out Loud provides many lessons in the techniques and vocabulary of story writing. So the very first technique that uh, Josh and his crew talked about, which is not a term that I ever would have used in my own English class, was something called the skin uh, skin jump. The skin jump. Yeah, it's an acting term, right? Exactly. What Josh did is showed some clips from films to talk about when that occurs You know, when as an audience member, do you finally start to relate to a character? When do you feel that 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 connection happening for the students in the class? They they kind of understood what that meant. You know, they they really had sort of a a, an intuitive understanding of stories. And that's what's so great about written out loud. Josh always talks about the fact that it's building on the stories that students already know and love. So the students come in and they dissect some of those stories. Why is Star Wars such a compelling series? Why do I love Harry Potter? What is it about that story that makes me, you know, not want to put the book down? Here's Brett again. We learned like like relationships in each story, so like rivals, best friends, mentors. And our stories basically how like they started off as best friends and then just because of like one little fight, they quickly turned into like rivals i guess but then like toward the end of the story it made their friendship like even stronger hadley's crew my crew's story was kind of like a love story it's about a girl and she falls while she was climbing um like her a mountain which is what she used to love to do like growing up as a kid and it's kind of just about her and the guy who saves her this is camden ben and chase's crew our story it's about this group of like four like best friends and like they used to do like everything together and they go out to like play manhunt one day and they come across like a dead body and it like shocks them and Avni. there's a girl named amira and she's sent to a safe haven run by the government 
And basically every day they're waking up and realizing that they're losing their memory on what's happening the day before. Do you feel like these stories that you wrote, that the ideas were things that you would not have necessarily had or known how to create or flesh out on your own? Was there an advantage to working together as a crew? Yeah. 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 Each of your different crew members have a different like strength, kind of. Mm -hmm. So it like, helps it as the story really like flow together and builds like to become better. You know, the other thing about this, which is is important, is that it's it's not it's not gimmicky either. It's not about uh, the digital technologies that are out there. It's not about any of that. It really does root itself in the power of storytelling. Okay. And that to me is so just that separates this program from so many others that I've seen. Yeah, so good. And so the students work in crews and they create these stories. They write stories. They study in, in the process of that. They learn about the parts of, the, of a story. What makes a good story? What are the elements? Um, and they work collaboratively. And then there's a published book at the end. There is. So what used to be a short story unit where the students would read a couple of different short stories, would identify literary terms in those stories, might have some sort of a culminating activity uh, where they ended up writing their own story. Uh, now those same stories are used to help the students identify the various terms that Josh and his team use. So when they read a story, okay, where's the skin jump? When they read a story, okay, where's that darkest moment? So I saw one group that, for instance, uh, had four members, uh, might have been five members in the group total, uh, and each member was responsible for writing a different part of the story. Uh, and, and then they put it together, they work on making sure that there's uh, sort of a seamless uh, way of reading that story together. But I have groups that have well over 50 or 60 pages already. To talk about uh, a, an eighth grader participating in a writing exercise where the content uh, is not only engaging for them, but the product has a volume that's surpassing 50 pages. There are some eighth graders I know who won't write 50 pages in their entire eighth grade year. Right. So that is, that's a phenomenal achievement. What's great about the books, as somebody who chairs an English department, I talk to my teachers about this all the time. We need to move away from the model where students are writing simply for a teacher. We need to move away from the model where audience is just an audience of one and really start to look at authentic audiences. I mean, the idea that, that a student five years from now can come into the school and pick up a book by an older sibling, perhaps, or by somebody who lives down the street from them and see a book that that student had written uh, several years earlier is just so wonderful. Uh, and and the, the students were uh, given these books out. We did a ceremony at the beginning of the year. Uh, and it was just such a wonderful uh, way of celebrating the work that our students uh, were able to do during the midst of a pandemic. It, it's great that they're going to have some great memories of the past year and a half, right? Two years <laughs> when mm -hmm. so many of us just kind of want to forget about it. So you've already talked a little bit about outcomes, things that you're seeing. You're seeing this more collaborative environment. Kids are loving working together. Teachers are excited to be learning something new. Is there a way that you have decided as a team or a department to measure the outcomes of this program and the success of this program? Sure, sure. I think uh, the immediate 
uh, impact, of course, uh, are the stories themselves, uh, the product that the students are putting out there, which, uh, you know, of course, when we start to assess the program, you know, how, how effective are those stories? How, how are they well written? Uh, are they stories that our students themselves take pride in? Um, we certainly see that. That's, that's you know, definitely there. The other parts that I think are maybe even more important, um, this is a program that reaches students who are phenomenal writers already and encourages them to keep on doing more, but it also reaches the struggling writer. It reaches students who have you know, some, some very severe learning uh, needs, and it reaches them in the same way. It motivates them to want to, to get this story told in the, the right way. Uh, and I, as the chair of the department, don't have you know, sort of the knowledge of the individual students in eighth grade the way my teachers do. After those first lessons, they told me that this process has motivated students who never spoke out in their classes to take part in the pitching of these story ideas. There were students who they would struggle to get writing from who are now, you know, just putting, you know, pen to paper um, and typing out, you know, pages after pages of stories. And that anecdotally uh, is just such a, a, a pleasure for me to hear because we've always asked ourselves as a department, how do we reach those students who are the reluctant readers and the reluctant writers? I asked the students about their own outcomes. How has Written Out Loud changed the way they feel about writing and about themselves as writers? Camden could not wait to jump in. I've always liked writing, but like ever since we started the story, like I like always thought about it and it was just like very, very fun to like to write. Like I'd go home and I'd like have a new idea and I'd like put it in and I'd talk to my crew, crew about it. And like it's something that I never really do. This is Hadley. The different elements that we use, I think I'll, I won't forget those in writing in the future, I feel like they were really key elements to our story and they helped us kind of build structure in our story. And I probably will use those like for the rest of my life writing. And here's Ben. I feel a lot more comp- like confident in the way I write now because, you know, when I was working with the group, you know, it was really open and, you know, all the ideas were basically like accepted. Chase had this to add. I feel like having that space to work with people that you're like safe with and can like put down ideas and just get everything out um, is really like a key element. I'm friends with these two kids more than I was before. And like the other kids in my group as well. Where, you know, the, the, the program can go at this point, for me anyway, is, is to take those same reluctant readers and writers from middle school and turn them into students who are far more confident students in the English language arts by the time they come to ninth grade. And, and as I was listening to you talk, I was thinking about the tools, the language, and the discernment that they're being given around text analysis. When we talk about college and career readiness, it gives them the ability to read a text and say, oh, I understand what this author is doing here, because these are the things that I learned in middle school. Yeah, they're definitely going to have a better understanding of author's purpose and intent. Yeah. I had a conversation with a high school student just the other day about his fascination with Marvel comics. And so great stories are still a part of their lives. It's just, we weren't tapping into it before this program. So you mentioned reluctant writers, reluctant readers. 
what do you do with your diverse learners, um, your your learners who are maybe on the spectrum or who have some kind of learning disability or your English language learners? How are you folding them into this program? You know, I think part of what helps is that because this starts as an out loud program, it does give students who are language learners, I think, a little bit more comfort uh, coming in and being able to talk about those stories. For me, what I've seen in the program itself is that it naturally differentiates for a lot of different learning styles. I mean, so much of what uh, this program is about are the skills that are going to help students become successful 21st century uh, citizens. Uh, the collaboration is what we know the workforce demands. Yeah. You, know, you are not working uh, as an island anymore. Uh, and we need students who are able to collaborate with others. Also, the, the idea of being able to give critical feedback, um, that's such a big part of this process as well. Uh, the, the resiliency that students need to show in order to meet the deadlines that we set up for them with the storytelling crews. I mean, all of these things are, yes, about language and writing and reading, but to me, they're even more about these soft skills that we know are so important uh, for students to have. You kind of answered the question that I was about to ask, which is, this is an English language arts program, but are you seeing some of, first of all, the teaching strategies, and second, the skills that kids are learning start to bleed into other areas of the content. You know, and that's something that time will tell. I mean, we're in the midst of the unit right now. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I, you know, again, I have no doubt that some of the content itself has already been transferred by students to their learning, uh, whether it's this year's ninth graders who took part in the program last year uh, remotely being able to still identify some of those terminologies and use some of that framework in their own reading and writing. But beyond that, students are going to be working in collaborative groups. Students are going to be doing a lot of project-based learning. I mean, all the buzzwords that we hear in education now demand that students have the skill uh, and the capacity to work in these types of situations. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what you know, I, I know is, is coming out of this program for our students. Avni jumped in on this point. I feel like one of the things is that, at least in our story, we had a whole bunch of different emotions that were passing through our main character. So at some per parts, like chapters have to be like sad. Other ones have to be like surprised. And I feel like in other subjects, it sort of helps that you're able to like project a tone through your writing. When we would take like tests, we were always learning to like really pay attention to the key details of like words or like the questions. And I feel like in other subjects, it really helped me um, not only like for taking tests, but like just to like make a better understanding for myself in the other subjects. After the program ended, like I feel like I found myself more like on certain other things, like annotating everything, like really analyzing what I'm reading. And it like helps like drastically more because like I can just go back to the story and I was like look I underline that like that's literally the answer it's like right there in text so what you're talking about is almost a cultural shift it is and, and it's 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 helping students you know visualize their own uh skills as readers and writers and storytellers uh take ownership of the process we're in a time in education right now where the humanities is struggling, right? I mean, yeah. everybody talks about STEM. Everybody yeah. talks about the robotics programs. Everybody talks about uh, students who are going to be learning how to code and things of that nature. Except and the employers, like you mentioned earlier. The employers, yeah, of course, they're talking about STEM as well. But what you said earlier about the soft skills, 
that's what they're begging for. Absolutely. If you don't have the communication skills, you're lost. We are giving students in the English language arts the skills to help them be successful wherever they go. As I listen, I think this rolls in elements of social emotional learning as well, which is such a big emphasis right now, too. I, I think, listen, if teachers are interested, first of all, in motivating students uh, through the stories that they already love and already know mm -hmm. to become students who then are drawn to the writing of those stories, want to tell those stories, this is a program that, that will be a phenomenal one for them. I even see a way for this to be just a wonderful uh, professional development tool for teachers. Uh, I, I look at the students doing this storytelling and I think to myself, wouldn't this be great if a bunch of adults got together and became part of a storytelling crew? I was uh, thinking that as well. I want this training as a writer. I am so fortunate. I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the fact that my teachers have really been rock stars. You know, Melinda Fuller and Janine Capello are the two teachers who work in our eighth grade with our students. They, they you know, have phenomenal relationships with the students and the students do uh, incredible work in their classes. They came to me after we first learned about Written Out Loud and said, Dwayne, we need to do something to help our students feel proud about what it is that they've accomplished. We were seeing so much during the pandemic uh, that, that said everything other than that was going on. There were so many needs that were out there. And, and part of the reason that they were so willing to take the curriculum and re-envision it is because they saw an opportunity to help bring some joy to students who had been you know, missing that joy. So can any educator reach out to them? Will they work with an individual teacher? Does it have to be school-wide? Uh, they are so flexible. Oh, uh, they, so flexible. Okay. They, they will work with individual students from schools who are interested in the program. Uh, they will work with an individual teacher and you know, his or her students. Absolutely. What would you tell other schools, teachers, or students who are considering using or experimenting with, with written out loud? What would be your encouragement to them? Oh, do it. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> I highly recommend. Yeah. If you could choose one thing that was your favorite thing about this whole experience, what would it be? My favorite thing was probably uh, writing the finale. That was probably like the best part of our story. I really enjoyed um, like starting from this like little story, not knowing exactly what's gonna happen or not knowing like most of it to end up with this like great story that like is really exciting to read. It's like really, satisfying my favorite part about it was probably like the collaboration and coming up with ideas as a group when we first came up with our ideas we sat in like a bonfire yeah. around the middle of the room and i just remember feeling so like safe with everyone and having like so much fun just explaining my story to the entire class and i felt like everyone was really listening to me and cared about what i was talking about mm. that was my favorite part so like there's a certain point where you're thinking about what to do and then like we were like aha like that's what we need in our story and like, it just like, it was just such a good feeling. Like when you knew like what you were doing, and it was a very good idea. And that just like happened throughout the course of the program. I feel like my favorite part was just seeing everything come together. Because in the beginning, my group, I feel like we were very unsure. And then as we continued to go on, we all had like a very similar idea. 
and it just like all worked. I think like I realized like writing is like so much fun and I feel like it's like kind of like my safe place like everything like I think about like I can put into writing and it just feels really good. I don't think I realized like what I could really do with my writing. This program it really like showed me that there's so much more. Before I wouldn't have thought about like you know extending like my writing to anything more than kind of just what I have to do but like through this program I've kind of found that like I enjoy writing a lot more. I remember at the beginning of the year we used to write some paragraphs over whatever and I used to have to ask Ms. Capello for help every single time and I would never be able to do it on my own and I would never think my writing was good. I'd always have to have it checked over like a million times but now I feel way more confident and way more ready to write anything and I don't need help anymore. I think one of the things I like was like the freedom. You can write whatever you wanted. It really opened the door for how I see my writing now. You can find Written Out Loud linked in the episode notes. You can bring this groundbreaking program featured on Good Morning America to your school or district for this coming school year or for a two-week summer camp, helping students feel more confident than ever in their own voices. Again, camps are for students grades four and older, and they run for two weeks, four days a week, two hours a day. Each camper will become a published author. To learn more, search Written Out Loud at edcuration.com. That's E-D-C-U-R-A-T-I-O-M. And while you're there, check out our Explorations free micro-professional learning for educators, our upcoming webinars, our weekly blog, and all of our other podcast episodes, where each week we talk to educators who are reshaping learning. If you'd like to share a resource or topic on the EdCuration podcast, reach out through our website, We hope you'll like, rate, and share, and join us again next week.